It's been a long time. I never should have left you. That's all I got. I don't know any of the rest of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're back. practice uh, All right, well. it's been a long time we shouldn't have left you yeah, it's been a long it's been a while when was our last episode was it it was before the new year wasn't it, was it? almost like three months ago was it has it really been three it's months it's been like since november has it oh shit yeah yeah i know um I really wish I had a good reason to be like, oh, it's because of work and family and holidays and this and that, but... It's not. We're just uh, terrible. We're awful people. I'm sorry. There's no excuses. We're just like, oh, we did a podcast. Well, we did a podcast a couple times. and <laughs> That was nice. I don't know. Um, but, yeah. But we figured it was time to resurrect this beast and... It's time. Bring you a new episode. Bring it back. So Get back, witches. Bitches or witches or, or vivitch? Is it is it is it vivitches? Vitches. 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 The vitches. The... <laughs> One, two, three. Ah, ah, ah. Three bitches. Ah, 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 ah. Okay, so we're obviously I haven't figured out by this point. We're doing the witch. The witches. I mean the witch. Whatever that movie. Uh, it it it's a pretty. I mean, everyone's talking about this movie right now. It just came out this weekend, this past weekend. So uh, I guess we'll start out with you know what the official synopsis is for the film. Stephanie, you want to read that off for us? Uh, sure can. In 1630 New England, panic and despair envelops a farmer, his wife, and four of their children when the youngest son, Samuel, suddenly vanishes. The family blames Thomason the oldest daughter who was watching the boy at the time of his disappearance. With suspicion and paranoia mounting, twin siblings Mercy and Jonas suspect Thomason of witchcraft, testing the clan's faith, loyalty, and love to one another. Yeah, so I guess that's the movie. That's it. Okay, bye. (laughs) I'm hearing mixed things about this movie. Um, Online and with critics... And all of that, every everyone seems to be loving loving this movie. Um, I have friends and personal acquaintances that don't love this movie, um, so there's a it's a mixed bag kind of for me because it's kind of split pretty much fifty fifty. Well, what are your thoughts on the movie? Like, I, I like I liked a lot of the symbolism in it. I like just was reading a bunch of stuff about how um, there was a lot of research that went into coming up with the storyline, coming up with the different symbolism uh, references that they used. There's, you know, the significance of the, um, the rabbit. Um, actually, it's a hair. Um, there's a difference. There's a, there's a difference. Um, but like hairs historically have been associated with witchcraft and um, as a spiritual animal for witches to transform into. And it's, it's, there's like a lot of, you can go down like the dark, dark, research hole of all of this if you just like google witch hair 
not hair like H A I R, but uh, hair as in H A R E. So the significance of the rabbit, uh, the significance of the goat, which is Black Philip, which <laughs> it's the best name ever. Black Philip is awesome. I'm gonna get a cat and name it Black Philip. I'm gonna get a car and name it Black Philip. I think my firstborn will be named Black Philip. I just think that it's the best name ever because they refer to it so many times. And for some reason, it's just, it seems like such a modern, like, I don't know. It just seems like a really modern name. Like, you're like oh, what's going on? Hey, what's going on with your friend Black Philip? Like, it's it's just like, I don't know. So Black Philip, like the goat, um, goats were a sign of the devil. Um, you know, just a lot of different symbolism that... Um, was well thought out to put into this movie. Uh, they, it, like, I speculated a little bit on whether the double V in the title is meant to associate with the twins. I was Googling on um, some of the symbolism in this movie, and one something that came up was uh, a Reddit post that Robert Eggers, um, who made the movie, uh, he was answering a bunch of questions. You could just, like, toss questions out, and you would answer them for a certain amount of time. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but referring to the double v's that were used in the title i was looking way into it thinking like oh it means the twins like it's something fancy there's symbolism um he just he did it because he thought it looked exotic like there's no there's there was no, no meaning behind it no he just said in like a lot of period sources that he that he saw it you know um when you would write something or put something up with a W if you didn't have a W or if you broke the W or you didn't want to buy W's, you could use two V's put together. And it was just common for people to use the, the two V's um, as a W. So he's like, well, I'll do that. <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I was really hoping there'd be more behind that. Yeah, me too. Kind of kind of disappointed. But I guess before we get too much further into spoilery territory, uh, I guess I could probably, like, I thought the movie was a bit tough to watch myself. Um, and then the narrative isn't const- constructed in the way that you would typically see in a witch hunt movie. Uh, being, you know, the onset paranoia and the mistrust amongst all the people. Like, while that, I mean, that element is still there. But there are real witches pulling the strings behind the scenes. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's different. I like different. It's great. But it stumbles a lot along the way to the point where, you know, it's it's hard to look past those stumbles to kind of see the better the betterment of the film for having those elements. Uh, I mean, even... And I know I'm not the only one who thinks this. I mean... Yes, critics are loving it, but uh, the cinema score for this movie over the weekend, which if you don't know what cinema score is, it's a poll ranging from A to F that's asked audience members once they leave a movie during its opening weekend, they give it a grade. And right now it's at a C-. minus. Oh, is it really? Mm-hmm. So it's pretty split amongst the public. It's I The one thing about what you're talking about with like the dialogue is... It was really slow. I liked it for the actual film, but I did not like it for the story. So there would be stuff happening, and I just thought that everything was so beautifully shot. I could just sit there and watch the, sh- the whole movie with just some sort of musical score added to it. 
like without it being an actual movie if it was just like some sort of like it was so it was well done in that in that regard but it just there was a there's so many pauses and then like the story and it just was kind of like come on like let's get going get going with it what are we doing here all right i guess at this point well i'm just gonna throw out the spoiler tag uh if you want to avoid any you know plot points or anything that you could deem to be spoiler uh, material turn off now go watch the movie and come back if not but if not whatever i don't care it's all spoilers i mean everything's spoilers right now so i guess let's just let's we'll start out with the positive end let's talk about the things that we liked uh you've mentioned the visuals and the cinematography and i agree it's one of the most beautifully shot horror films that i have really ever seen yeah it was really well done uh, and I recently listened to another podcast, uh, Go Creative by BC Medium. BC Media, Ben Consoli is the host of that one. It's a great one if you're into video production and all that stuff. I know that's a really specific market that probably most of you don't listen to. Free but shout-out. shout-out to It's whatever. But uh, they actually just did an interview with the cinematographer, Jaron Blaschke, and I'm pretty sure I butchered that name. <laughs> But it is what it is. And it was really interesting uh, talking about how rather than bringing in a bunch of his own lights to artificially light the sets and all that stuff, they used a lot of natural light uh, and really just shaped it more than anything. And you can really tell the care and the the craftsmanship that went into making the Mm -hmm. movie look and feel the way it looks. Yeah, it's a really, really beautiful movie just in terms of the artistic, like just the visual quality of it is amazing. It's just great. Um, I love that too. That was something I noticed as well. And it really added to just how, because the thing about this movie that also worked is just how disturbingly real it felt. Mm-hmm. Everything about it felt real. It was that they instilled a sense of dread and a sense of hopelessness early on with the whole movie. Just not, like, not even the storyline. Well, I mean, I guess with the storyline a little bit, but just with how they shot it and how everything was portrayed they really instill a sense of hopelessness early on it just i mean the 1600s it's not an easy time for anything going on well no i mean i mean this is you know this is early settlement you know we're this you know america is not a place yet (laughs) yeah so i mean it's it's all plantation living off the land Crops, build your own house. And this family uh, leaves the, their fa- their settlement. They don't. Well, did they leave or were they banished? I, I, they're, I, feel, they're, like I feel like they're both. probably. They're pro- it's probably a mix of both. But I mean, so essentially, they go off and live on their own outside and away from the plantation, on the outskirts of this wooded area, which is where the witch lives. They they really make the woods seem. Like this, I, and I know it's for the sake of the like the folklore, but for me, like I love the woods. I don't look at the woods as a scary place. I know that most horror movies are set like, ooh, the woods, the woods are scary. Like for yeah. me, I always think there there is something calming and beautiful in the woods, and so for me, it was really hard for me to buy that initially, especially with how well it was shot and how like beautiful they portrayed the environment around them you know they're doing these like beautiful wood scenes and i'm like that's pretty i want to go there and i'm like oh wait it's supposed to be scary there's not i'm not supposed to go there i'm not supposed to hang out there 
Don't do that. <laughs> what are you doing? Stop hugging that tree. But I want to. I like the tree. Like a lot of the stuff was just really well researched. And again, with the symbolism, of, um, there's one thing that I found out about. So there's a, a part where after the youngest child, Samuel, is captured by the witch and taken into the woods. Um, every time I say into the woods, I think of the musical, into the woods, into the woods. <laughs> uh, no. Um, so when Samuel is captured and taken into the woods by the witch, they don't show this in detail, but basically she uses the baby's entrails as like a, she just rubs, rubs all the guts on her body. Um, so for me, I was like, oh, that's creepy. She's probably trying to like be youthful. Like there's something symbolic in, you know, like babies and like the blood and like they had like the whole, you know, there's symbolism with, you know, vampires and all that where they take virgin blood and they rub it on their bodies in order to remain pre- youthful. preserve their youthfulness. Yeah, but that's what I thought it was. When, upon further research, it was not. The entrails help witches fly in folklore. So interesting. when she was rubbing all of the guts on her body and on that stick, there was, I totally had forgotten that she was rubbing it on a stick too. Um, it's because that's what they did to fly, I guess. So yeah, so that was kind of a weird symbolic reference that I didn't really understand. I thought I understood, but I didn't understand initially. There's more than one meets the eye apparently. Yeah, there is. So another bonus fact Czech witches could steal penises. That was something that I found out. Was that something that you found out? So, watch your junk, I guess. Noted. (laughs) As I cross my legs. Uh, What are you doing over there? Uh, Another thing that really worked in this movie was its score. And how chilling it was. (laughs) Yes, I agree with that. Corvin is the uh, composer. He's a Canadian composer, and he's known for his work um, in The Cube, 1997, I think. Um, I think it has an element of historical horror soundtrack to it, but it also, like, the harsh strings really, like, it modernizes the music, and it adds a deeper level of uneasiness to it without making it be, like, cliche. Like, dun-dun-dun-dun. Like, well, yeah, it, not... it's very understated. Like, it's not... Mm-hmm playing into jump scares which this movie does not do which is yes good and it's really more about being understated being below the line of the narrative and adding to it in places which is ideally what you want your score to do because it kind of pulls elements together yeah exactly what's your favorite part of the movie danny probably when black philip attacked the dad (laughs) And killed him. <laughs> because as we find out, Black Phillip is, I guess, the devil in some form. And uh, he reveals himself at the end of the movie. And that's really how we kind of figure out that he's really the devil. Because he 
turns into a, a humanoid form at that point. You don't really see him. It's, like a it's more of a shadow, leather clad, just kind of behind the scenes, kind of manipula- manipulating everything. See, and that's the kind of point, that's where they lost me in the movie. Like, I was pretty cool with it up until that point, but when Black Phillip turned into an actual shadow, human, leather clad, Fifty Shades of Grey type dude, I... For the record... I feel like Black Phillip is a better Fifty Shades of Grey character than anything in Fifty Shades of Grey. (laughs) Very true. Um, But they lost me at that point. At that point, I was like, all right, I don't know. Like, I didn't know where it was going. I didn't really know where the story was headed. I don't know what they were trying to accomplish. Up until that point, there had been a lot of witch hysteria, kind of as an undertone. Like, it was a lot of like, oh, just uh, accusatory, like, sort of... A lot of hearsay. Yeah, and then they kind of went they went the fantasy route with it. Like at the end, it was like the last, probably the last fifteen minutes. Not even actually, it was probably like less than that. It was like ten minutes. Was, just yeah. the ending of the movie. It was the very last few minutes of the movie. And I'm where... just like this. What's happening? Like this is. I just felt like maybe they got rushed or they didn't know what they were doing at the end, and they just sort of put some shit down on paper and decided to make it happen that way. Yeah, the ending very much doesn't work, I don't think. Uh, if you haven't figured out where we've transitioned to things we don't like about yeah. the movie. Uh, yeah, it's kind of clunky at the end and where it just kind of wraps everything up almost instantaneously. Like As the climax happens, all of a sudden it's like a little two-minute tie-up loose end and that's about it for reasons yeah. of for because the script said so it, like just, it felt really rushed it felt like they paid so much attention to detail throughout the entire movie and then they got to the end and they're like shit we have to have an ending what do we do and it just wasn't thought out to fit with the rest of the movie and i know that they were doing a lot of symbolism like a lot of witch symbolism um and i, I get that but i just felt like the what they chose to do at the end was hokey compared to the deep research that they did with everything else with you know especially like what i i just figured out that you know the baby entrails were meant to help a witch fly like that is a crazy deep dive into research and then at the end they just show naked witches flying and it's like well that's well they were dancing first well yeah they were dancing around a bonfire can't can't forget the dancing around the bonfire then they were then they were flying, and it just seemed like, well, that's silly. And then they had Black Phillip turn into a person, and it's like, how cool would it be if maybe, like, my whole thing with the ending would have been maybe she tries to talk to Black Phillip, she doesn't get a response, or it doesn't show a response, it doesn't show him talking, there's no voice, there's none of that. And then the scene where she walks naked into the woods with Black Phillip, end it there. End it right there. Like, there's no need for the extra like five minutes of her walking through the woods naked with the black Philip goat and then seeing all these witches dancing around a bonfire and then floating up into the air. Like there's no need for any of that. Like this isn't the labyrinth. What's going on? Like this is, this is supposed to be there. It, I felt like there was, the movie was better than that. And they just really didn't craft a good ending to a movie that they spent so much time putting research and symbolism into so i was just like oh that's it was unsatisfying yeah because it kind of there's just all this lead up and it was great and then just kind of falls flat and then you kind of start to then question everything that came before it 
And uh, it just kind of makes the movie feel like it's just more confusing mm -hmm. than it is anything else. Like it just doesn't know what it wants to do with itself. Yeah, it made me, it kind of made me question my, my thoughts on it because, you know, here I am in this movie going, oh, there's all this deep symbolism and there's stories that I don't understand and there's other things going on in here that are way, like they're, they dove into it on a way deeper level than I understand. So I'm going to have to do some research on this later. But then the ending kind of tricked me because I'm like, well, maybe I'm looking way too much into this because if they're, if they're just doing floating witch characters and the goat as a devil in leather, like maybe, maybe I'm looking too much into it. Maybe I'm, maybe it's just me thinking that this means more than it means. So it's like, they couldn't tell if they wanted to, they overtell the simple stories and they under explain the other stories that really required a lot of research. They like, you know, I, that's another thing I didn't like was that the storyline was dependent upon characters and, stories from like Christianity, like, cause I know they were Puritans and just all those things. Um, they relied upon these, these backstories that I don't know anything about. Like, I don't know anything about the, the reliance, like relying on like the Christian, like characters from the Bible. I didn't know some of those stories. I didn't know who some of those people were when they were, um, you know, praying and like telling stories or like when, um, Thomason was getting, chided for different things or punished for different things and they were referencing different characters in the bible like i don't know any of what's going on so it's like well you kind of feel like left out like you feel like you're missing out on something and that you you know i feel like i walked into a story during the punchline and i didn't get to figure out what, what happened like before did, like that and i was like what's going on it's like you walk in at the punchline and you weren't there for the setup of it yeah so it's like it meant nothing to me so they don't explain any of that, but yet they like over explain like, oh, there's some witches, they're floating in the sky. And you're like, well, I, I know that. Like, that's pretty common knowledge. We have a lot of common knowledge folklore with those kinds of things. But then the backstories that were more deeply researched were just not explained. And they sort of, I mean, it's it's not for a dumb audience, I'll say that. Like, they they expect your audience to, you know, they expect the audience to really understand what is happening with all of these period um, symbolisms and everything, but it's, it's hard to go into it knowing that that's what the kind of movie you're going to get. So mm -hmm. I go into it being like, Hmm, weird, which horror movie? Cause most horror movies are pretty, you know, surface value. Yeah. Stab, 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 whatever. So it's like, you never know what you're going to get, but so you don't really go into it thinking like, yeah, I'm going to get, all these different folklore backstories and all this deep research of 1600s and Puritan times and all this stuff. Like you don't know that. So it kind of was hard for me to follow all the different things that they were bringing up. Yeah. Bonus fact, Black Phillip, the goat was the hardest part of shooting the film. How so? He said that he just never co cooperated. Naturally. It's, <laughs> it's just like everything that he wanted him to do. He was just like, no, <laughs> it's so hard to work with animals. I'm a goat. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Working with animals, are it's really hard. doesn't matter how well-trained they are. And he wasn't. They... And and more than likely, since this is this was a small, independent movie, he wasn't probably a trained. No, they just got a black goat. So... Like, Here we go. Black Phillip. Yeah. <laughs> I just picture him, like, cruising in, like, 25 minutes late, being like, whatever, I'm Black Phillip. I do what I want. <laughs> I'm the devil incarnate, motherfucker. <laughs> Another thing I didn't really like, and this is just more 
to do with the fact that this was a period movie. The New England dialect that they that you know they used, obviously, like it's hard to under. I mean, you really have to kind of hone in and try to figure out what they're saying because they don't sp- they, don't, they don't speak the same way that we do today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a lot of thy will. What's you know, it's a lot of different ways of saying basic things that we do today. Like we that we just inherently know what you mean by saying something, but this it was a different. I don't know what I'm trying to say now. I'm off the rail here. <laughs> I see. For me, I I didn't dislike it, but I no like see I I didn't like I didn't like hate it. Like I understand understand why it's there. You know, it's a period film. It and and I would prefer it to be there. It's just it's something that can take you out of a movie, and you have to work harder to hear it. I felt like a lot of this movie was just working hard to understand things. That's yeah, basically that's true. what it was. Is that's very true. It was, you know, you're working hard to understand backstories. You're working hard to understand the dialect. You don't know. It's like all the, and then they, they spend all this time going over the basics of like witchcraft. <laughs> like, I know this, but I don't know what the hell they just said earlier because they used a lot of words I don't know. <laughs> um, they, yeah, again, with the, they underexplain the things that they do need to explain and they overexplain the simple, basic things. And it was kind of hard to bring all that together. And it, it does take, like, that the dialect itself does take you out of your element. You have to work hard to understand it. And at the same time, then they're also talking about different stories and, like, symbolism. And then you're working hard to understand that, that you don't really get to piece together the other pieces until it's too late and they've moved on to the next scene. I agree. Yeah, that pretty much kind of wraps up everything that I had on the movie. Is there anything else you want to talk about on it real quick? Um, I didn't really... I know that Thomason is like the main character. Yeah. I, I just... I don't know. There's a lot of speculation about Thomason. I mean, she's the backbone of the movie. She mm-hmm. She's the one who has the arc. She's the, she's the only one that changes throughout the movie. I feel bad for her, but I also... I don't... I didn't have a connection with her as much as I think that they would want you to. Yeah, because especially since like at the end, when she becomes a witch... It's like she's not sympathetic. She starts out being that way, but then she isn't. <laughs> yeah. And it's I don't know. I thought that the movie was very deeply rooted in the history, like the history of what it was trying to convey, but it didn't develop the, the emotion or the personality of the actual characters. I don't know. Like I know that Thomason's supposed to be the one that you like relate to and you you sympathize with her and you kind of like go through this little journey with her but i just like in the beginning i felt bad for her because she gets all sorts of shit for not looking after her younger siblings and her mom's being kind of a bee about it and you know then these little pudgy twins are running around singing songs that are annoying and God, I hate those twins. <laughs> they were the worst. I, it almost, they almost reminded me of like a Hansel and Gretel type of sibling situation, like running around, not really caring and being like, ah, I'm going to eat your house. Like I, they, I would imagine them doing that. They seemed like Hansel and Gretel to me. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of interesting, probably not deliberate, but very interesting parallel to draw. Um, but basically she's supposed to look after these pudgy little annoying twin kids and then do all this house and farm work. And her mom's like, 
all in despair and praying because the baby's gone and just all sorts of stuff. And I'm just like, you know, she gave her a break. I mean, you have like three other people there to work on some stuff and your husband's kind of a shithead when it comes to capturing food and doing any sort of like, you know, like he Providing. basically banishes this entire family to the side of the woods. And then he's like, I don't know how to farm. You're like, great. Well, we're fucked. Like, great. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then when towards the end of the movie, when like he doesn't know what to believe when because the twins say Thomason's a witch and Thomason says, well, they're the one who they're the, they're the two that have been speaking to Black Phillip the entire movie. They're probably the witch. So he just takes them on to the shed and boards it up and just says, I'll deal with you later, essentially. <laughs> Such a shitty parenting method. Like, just lock them in a closet. They're fine. Don't worry about it. It's just, but a lot of it was just like the characters are supposed to be, I mean, he just, he basically kind of screws them from the get go, but I don't know what to feel about any of the characters. Cause I didn't really develop a deep connection to any of them, to be honest. And I mean, the mom herself, she's, I don't know. I know that it's like of that time and it's supposed to be like, like he said, like, and he's a liar. He sells like, he sells some of his wife's stuff in order to afford some stuff. Like that's, that's some bullshit. That's some nonsense. And then he lets her, he lets Thomason take the blame. Cause then the, the, the mom, she, <laughs> she's all pissed off at Thomason cause she thinks Thomason stole the silver cup. And as her dad just her dad's just standing right there and letting this happen, and he's the one that took it to town. I think he traded it. He for, traded it. He traded it for like bait meat, I think, for traps he? or something like that. I thought he traded it for all of their random livestock because when they left, they did not have goats. They did not have well, any that, of those. Like that, where that the hell did they come too. from? That could have been it too. Like where did where did the horse? Like they had their horse. And their buggy and their belongings. And then, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, if, to his credit, like, he built a house. Yeah. So there's that. Like, I mean, that was pretty quick. That was quick. I think he did it in, like, three months or something like that. Three months? I don't know. I don't even know how much time went by. (laughs) I recall seeing that online somewhere, but I really don't know. The movie itself doesn't tell you the time span from them settling there and then all of a sudden they have a house and a Mm -hmm. barn and all this stuff. I mean, it's all well done. If he did it all himself, it's, you know, golf clap for him, for sure. But the rest of it, he's just like, put food. Well, yeah, like when he tries to, you know, shoot his gun at the hair and misfires because he doesn't know how to handle a freaking rifle. <laughs> he shoots, does he shoot? I thought he shot his eye out. At first, I thought he was going to be like blindfolded or like blind. Have an eye patch? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he had the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had the physique and the beard to pull it off, but. His son's looking at him like, what the hell is wrong with you? It's like, bro, do you even do you even gun? Do you even gun, bro? What's going on? So Caleb's storyline, he there was some uncomfortable filmography with him looking at his sister's boobs, which was I always find that super uncomfortable, like in any movie. So that but it was more I think I don't think it meant to make it uncomfortable. I think it was just more of him, him being like a kid, he was also in a coming of age situation too, and completely confused about what he's supposed to think and what he's supposed to do. And I mean, you're on a prairie, like, and you're by yourself. By yourself. <laughs> so it's like, well, I'm not supposed to. I'm not condoning incest by any no, means, but not at he all. just. 
But like, but you know, but they're boobs and it's like, you can't like, I don't know. It's just, it was more portraying his, his coming of age and his temptation as well. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, as odd as that was, I mean, it did sort of pay off when the witch lured him mm-hmm. in to her lair because she turned all young, she turned all young and stuck her busty chest down. and was like, Hey, boobs, you want to touch him? Did she say, do you want to touch him? No. Her eyes said it, though. But I uh, can't have a good story without some boobs. It's true. Uh, actually, one of my I wanted to say, one of my favorite parts of this movie was uh, the scene where the raven was breastfeeding. My nipple still hurts from watching that, by the way. I just, I don't know. The whole entire scene was just so well done. Um, her thinking it was her infant well, son yeah, it's, that came it, back. It's presented in the sense of like, it's kind of like a dream in a sense. But I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's still it's really happening. But in through her eyes, she's seeing her lost children sitting there, and mm-hmm. the baby's is in Samuel's hands, and like, oh, it must be hungry. It's just such a like a stark contrast of her being like, oh, like it's the loving maternal kind of parallel. And then all of a sudden it just cuts to what's actually happening. And she's just sitting there in like a dream sequence pretty much um, with this raven like pecking at her nipple. And it's like and she's laughing crazily, too. But I loved that scene because I just thought there was such a great contrast with all of that. And it was just really well done. That last scene of her just laughing maniacally while this raven goes to town on her boob it's just like oh my god what's going on this is terrible yeah yeah that was really messed up yeah so what rating would you give our campfire rating yeah how many fires does this tale receive i would give this movie three out of five campfires all in all i think it was beautifully shot i think the symbolism is accurate and there is a lot of time and research that went into crafting it I like that there were no cheap jump scares. I like that it avoided typical horror genre cliches. And, you know, there were were things that missed the mark for me, for sure. The storytelling to me was, it was hard. Like what we were saying before, it's, they spend a lot of time explaining things that don't need to be explained, but not explaining stories and symbolism that is pretty heavily researched that the typical moviegoer would not quite understand. That kind of missed the mark for me. All in all, I think that it's a mesmerizing film, but it's not a horrifying film. And I I like that. I like that it was mesmerizing, but not horrifying. All right. Um, I'm going to give it two and a half campfires out of five. Um, I I will always opt for having fresh approaches to conventional movies than just having more of the same. I commend this film for doing that. I mean, that's the reason why I would still recommend it to someone. Uh, But it's just, it's hard to look past a lot of the missteps that happen, especially just at the very end of the film that makes it really fall apart for me. So yeah, two and a half out of five campfires with naked dancing, but no broomsticks. Nice. Uh, Well, that's, that's it. We're wrapping and wrapping this up. But we're back, and we will be better. Because you deserve for us to be better. You deserve it, guys. Go give yourselves a pat on the back and make a milkshake. Go grab a beer on me. Just put on my tab. They'll know it. They know who I am. (laughs) Just be like, it's on Danny's tab. 
Everyone go put your beers on Danny's tab, wherever you're at. All right. Well, we're out of here. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Cheers. This has been another episode of the Horror Fort Podcast. You can find us at horrorfort.com and at Horror Fort Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When the witch is coming to get you, you're gonna get that baby in. T- I don't know. <laughs> what song is that? <laughs> it's the song of the witch. I'm pretty sure it's from Disney.